Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Best Player Wins podcast, where we believe that winning is winning no matter by how little or by how much. I am your host, Eddie Quinones, and I'm here along with JC. Welcome to the podcast, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think this is our first time doing the podcast together. Uh, I think uh, we we're supposed to do a couple weeks ago, but we both got pretty busy. Uh, we weren't able to do it, so pretty excited to have you on. Yeah, man, glad to be here. Oh, yeah. So, all right, let's jump straight into business this week. We'll go ahead and start off with kind of our prior week's recap. Uh, just kind of do our biggest upset. You know, I, I was kind of looking through last week's matchups, and there weren't really many that turned out any different than kind of what I expected. Um, I think, you know, if you want to go with a new guy, I, and that's kind of the direction that I went with, Sean B beating Scott um, and his team absolutely dominating this upcoming week or this past week. Um, that was kind of my recap and kind of my biggest upset from last week is just Sean Boatwright beating uh, Scott. Who'd you have? Yeah, so uh, pretty much to piggyback, I, I had no upset, but I did have um, yours and I matchup um, specifically because I think Darren Wall- or, yeah, Waller got zero points. I think Holland's got like two balls thrown to him. Um, and I think you only needed like seven points. Um, and I know every, you were really watching that game intensely. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I picked that one. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little bit of a tough one. I, uh, I didn't know if Hollins was going to be able to do anything, but I figured, you know, Darren Waller, Darren Waller, I, I think he'll get seven points. You know what I mean? Worst case scenario, if he doesn't get seven, Hollins will maybe be able to get a point or two to help me out. Goose eggs from both of them. Uh, Waller obviously left early with a hamstring issue, and then Hollins dropped like two deep passes that were available, contested, but still able to be caught, uh, which those alone probably would have put me over the top. But, uh, yeah, pretty upsetting. I I played that uh, scenario looking at the fantasy scoreboard. Mm -hmm. I played the scenario multiple times in my head, and I'm just like, there's no way that this happens. I'm like, there's no way. I was like, there's no way that these two combined don't score more than six points, like six, seven points. I, I, like, I looked all through the rest of the season. I said on a weekly basis, they have both matched up when they played to get over seven points every week. So I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm chilling. You know, this, I got this win. I won't hit the median, but I'll get the win. Not what happened. You know, the, uh, the, the fantasy gods were not in my favor. So yeah, it was unfortunate. But clinching matchup <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just not great. All right, well, we'll go ahead and transition to our biggest takeaway of the week, and I'm actually going to lead us off for this one as well. Um, and my biggest takeaway was Nate's team. Uh, extremely unfortunate week for him. Um, should have been a much closer and a much more fun matchup, but obviously his quarterbacks only produced like five points uh, last week. Uh, Damian Harris had two points, um, and T. Higgins with zero points. Um Again, super unfortunate for him. Kind of my biggest takeaway is I think he has one of the best underperforming teams in the league, if that makes sense. Like, on paper, his team looks significantly better than what they've been performing. So, yeah, that's kind of my biggest takeaway. I think Nate's team is, again, one of the best on paper for the league. Um, But I guess we'll kind of see coming into this week because he's made a few moves that we're going to discuss later as well. So that was my biggest takeaway. Yep, for my uh, biggest takeaway, I had uh, the group is uh, 
I feel like moving pretty heavily um, with the trades, but mm-hmm. only uh, I feel like only maybe half. Um, and I don't really think as I reviewed them, like there was no trade where um, I don't really think like a, a team didn't really improve in maybe the slightest. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I think it's going to become really critical coming up here for um, not just uh, people at the bottom, but I think even more so for people teeter-tottering in the middle of the pack to kind of make a move. Yeah, I agree there. I think uh, moves are inevitable for the next couple of weeks. Uh, bye weeks are a huge issue right now across everyone's lineups. Um, you know, they're just putting really big gaping holes in some lineups that just need filled. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be extremely critical here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, where trading is going to kind of be at a premium, I think, and it's going to keep kind of rolling. And we're probably going to have – my assumption is going into next week, we're probably going to have the most amount of trades we've had in a week next week. So, Yeah, I mean, just think about it. The first bye week and, you know, there was already trades because because of that. Like with me, for my trade was for a tight end. I know Nate needed to get up and so did Kyron. Kyron, I think, is is going to get hit the hardest. Uh, he had two back-to-back weeks with quarterbacks, and now next week, both of his wide receivers, his one and two, have bye weeks. Dude, so, he, he's, uh, he still needs to pick up another QB. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's, listen, I'm going to get up to a tangent. We could talk about this in the trade recap, but I'm going to talk about it. I, I messaged him, and I told him. I said, listen, you're not going to get two QBs from waivers that you're going to like. I said, it's just not going to happen. I said they're going to be gone. I said you're going to get one guy that you're that you like because he had like the third overall or something like that in the waiver claim. So let's make a little something happen. You know, I help you out, you help me out, do a little something. And he rolled the dice, and now he is he's fucked because there's like no one on the waiver. Uh, yeah, that's he's a got good a matchup for this week. So he's got a buy right now slotted in. So we'll see yeah. how that plays out. Yeah, we will see how that plays out again, Kyron. I'm always here. I'm always available. Come my way. But yeah. All righty. So yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to our next segment here for uh, doing kind of our standings updates. We have a little bit of movement, nothing too crazy uh, coming into the week, but starting off at the top, uh, guy on top beat the number two uh, overall. Well, was the number two ranked guy now number three, but the excellence of execution, Sean B first place with a nine and one record, 753.84 points for uh, in second place. We got eight and two macho man, Randy, and Nick with 779.60 points. In third place, we have the Ultimate Warrior and Scott with 796.34. And then in fourth place at 7-3 as well, the voice of the voiceless, Sean C, at 702.42. And then tied for fifth place, fifth and sixth respectively. Um, they're both 6-4. and four. It is the Great Kali, and it doesn't matter. So Kyron and Mike. And Kyron has 743.98 points, and Mike has 725.90. Standings are are a little bit interesting kind of once you pass that sixth place, just because seventh place and on is at minimum two games away right now from sixth place. So top half of the league is starting to create a little separation uh, from the bottom half of the league. So it'll be really interesting how some of these things pan out going into the end of the year. So, yeah. Any uh, comments or anything on our standings for the week? No, I think uh, as of right now, um, they're pretty much where they need to be. Um, 
I think uh, Sean definitely deserves a position where he's at right now. But like you said, I think um, in the next couple of weeks, like things can, you know, it's still pretty early. I think things can get really shaken up. I agree. I agree. All right, we'll go ahead and transition to our matchup preview for this upcoming week. Uh, who do you have as our best matchup this week? Best matchup, I have uh, Scott and Nick as uh, pretty much a complete banger of a you know shootout here. Um, I, even when we get to the picks, like I had so much trouble um, with this one because I think their line is like like two two points. Yeah, so, it's not anything crazy. It's it's extremely close. Yeah, and just um, pretty much like where they're both at. Um, like this, like this would be huge for Scott and pretty much for you know both of them as well. So, yeah, I mean Scott has had a gauntlet kind of this past couple of weeks uh, with his matchups. He's got he had Sean B last week. Now he's got Nick this week. Um, so his lineup is really being tested and kind of pushed to the limits. So it'll be a fun one. I agree. All right. For myself, uh, kind of looking through these matchups, kind of took a little bit of an unorthodox view into this one. Uh, and I'm taking myself with Nate's uh, lineup. Uh, very similar in terms of my matchup to yours last week. You know, two teams that are just kind of down in the dumps right now. Uh, one's projected to score significantly more than the other, but I think it'll end up being a little bit closer than what it's, it's out there to be. Um, you know, this is a sink or swim scenario for – uh, Nate and I, you know, not necessarily in terms of, you know, we won't be able to recuperate by the end of the year, but it's one of those things that we need to start getting some wins now um, or it's just not going to work out for us. Um, so just for the sake of, you know, it being interesting and seeing kind of how the bottom of the, the leaderboard here pans out, I'm taking myself and Nate's matchup um, just as the best of the worst, if that makes sense. But uh, yeah, all righty. Go ahead and jump into our things to watch for. What's your thing to watch for this upcoming week? Um, for this coming week, um, I actually had that like you cannot afford right now to have your quarterback go down. You just you, you cannot afford um a quarterback loss right now. I know a lot of teams already experiencing that. Um but uh, I, I think that security is something to, to watch out for. I, I mean, even especially with the buys coming up, like if you look right now on waivers, I mean, you got Skylar Thompson as the top uh, projected right now. Um, yeah. So that'd be something I'd watch out for. Yeah, it's, it's not great at all. I think just uh, roster depth in general is in a really bad spot for a lot of teams. Um you know, me being one of them, uh, my roster depth is absolutely atrocious, and I don't really have anywhere else to go with my roster. Um, so yeah, it's I agree. I think depth at the quarterback position is extremely frail right now. I think compared to what it's been in the past, um, top quarterbacks available are absolutely atrocious. Like, there's no one out there that looks good. Like Marcus Mariota is probably like the best looking one, but his matchup is horrible. Yeah, Sam Fran. Yeah, like he's playing the Niners who have the number one pass defense. So, um, yeah, it, it'll just be interesting to see how it pans out. I mean, I was doing a little bit of recon last week. I have not had a number two quarterback of mine 
drop over 10 points since week one. 10 points. Oof. I can't even get 10 points out of my QB2. Obviously made a horrible mistake in the beginning of the season. It is what it is. I, I've dealt with it um, and moved on. But still, it, it, the quarterback play this year is, is very finicky, um, which is kind of unfortunate. So. That's what I mean. And I'm, I don't think you – like you really don't need an elite quarterback to win or do good, but you need to have a quarterback. Like you, <laughs> you, you need to have somebody that can be – you know, he doesn't have to go out and score 30 points. Like just having that quarterback score at least like between 15 to Mm -hmm. like 22 fantasy points. I mean, that'll pay some dividend. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, you just need a guy that's going to get you some. Like Daniel Jones, I think right now this year is the perfect example of the average quarterback that'll actually help you out. He's actually been playing pretty decent. Been dropping anywhere from like 13, 14 to 20 some points. Um, like, that's what you really need. Once you start getting underneath that, that's where you start to struggle. Like, you get guys that can't even drop you 10 points. It's rough. It's real rough. So, but yeah. All righty. So, let's go ahead into our next segment here with our matchup predictions. Currently, I still lead. You know, last week wasn't a great week for me in terms of predictions, but eh, it was all right. So, I'm sitting at 16 and 14, and the guests are sitting at 12 and 18. Um, Started to create a little bit more separation from you guys. <clears throat> so hopefully this week you got, you can kind of help it turn it around for the guests and, and bring it back. So starting off at our top matchup of the week here, uh, we got the Texas Rattlesnakes and Nate versus myself, the Undertaker. Who do you got? So th- this one was pretty hard, but um, I don't think I, I couldn't fade either team. But when I had to sway, I went with Rattlesnake, and that's specifically due due to Nate's pivot with his quarterback situation. I think if he only did, I, I think he did. Yeah, he did two trades, and I, I think if only one of those go through, then you know it, it's more swayed on you. But now I yeah. think it's gonna be like you said earlier. I think it's gonna be more of a shootout. Yeah, I and, and I agree. I think uh, in terms of his quarterback sway, uh, what he did with his quarterbacks this week, you know, he's got two middle-of-the-pack guys. But, again, like we just mentioned before, it's kind of all you need as long as kind of the rest of your positions can make up that difference a little bit, which I think they can. Um, he brought in a couple guys like Kamara and stuff that I think will help him out a little bit more. Kamara's been a little inconsistent this year. He's been in and out, but when he's playing, he's one of the best. So. Yeah, I think uh, um, th- that matchup's really going to ride on Bronco Nation. Yes, it will. I do agree. I think uh, that's what he needs on his side. I think for me, I'm taking myself here. Um, I just got to keep pushing for myself. I think Jameis Winston should hopefully be back this week. And, you know, he's a, either a, a boom or bust kind of guy. But, you know, I, I'm I'm leaning more on the boom for him this upcoming week. So hopefully he plays. If he plays, I'll be fine. If not, I have Andy Dalton, who's been – a competent quarterback. He hasn't been anything atrocious. Um, and then Brian Robinson, who I just moved into my lineup today, was announced that he is the starting running back now. Poor Antonio Gibson is not. So maybe I expect a little a little big game from him, maybe a, a little coming out party. So I'm going to take myself here. I think it'll be a fun one either way. So, But, yeah, moving on to our next one, we got the great Kali with Kyron versus Batista Khan uh, in Damon. Um I'll go ahead and start us off here. You know, 
Kyron still has a question mark at his quarterback position right now. He's got a guy in there in his bye uh, that he doesn't know who he's going to play. <clears throat> Ultimately, I still think that the rest of his lineup is better, and I think he'll get better play out of them uh, compared to Damon's lineup. Um, so I have to go with Kyron here, even with his quarterback situation right now. I think he'll find someone or pick someone up that will at least get him positive points, and I think that right there will probably be enough. Uh, to do it for him. So I'm going to go with Kyron. What you got? I went with Kyron too. Um, I mean, Damon's got to do something. Um, He's just been really stagnant. Um, So I think Kyron gets the one up here uh, once he picks up a quarterback. Yeah. And I, I already kind of have a feeling that Damon's not going to do anything. I've reached out to him. He's just kind of, he's accepted that he's sinking. Uh, He does not want to swim anymore. So, We'll see. Uh, after this week, we might have to uh, probably lock his team down or kind of look at seeing kind of what the outcomes are and seeing his likely path of coming back if possible. Uh, if not, it's going to be an unfortunate 1-11 and 11 start for him, um, and we might have to lock his team down. So we'll see. Would a 1-11 and 11 make that an instant lock? I believe so. I have to look at the rest of our schedule because uh, there's 13 weeks in our season, regular season, I believe. Um, so that puts us at 26 total, I guess, wins or losses or ties. So one in 11 pretty much has him having to win out for the rest of the year for him to even come close to 500 or just get above 500. So it would almost be an automatic lock for him at that point. Again, I'd have to kind of look into it. And unfortunately locking someone this early isn't always fun, but we had to do it last year for Kyron. He was locked pretty early. Um, so yeah, it'll. Uh, we'll just have to see how everything pans out and shakes up. Because um, if those middle matchups in the middle fall and some of them fall, sixth place becomes something a little bit more achievable. Then maybe he's not locked. But again, it's going to end up coming on on his will to actually want to make moves and improve his team. So we will see. Alrighty, for our next matchup, we have it doesn't matter, Mike versus yourself, JC. Um, Again, another fun matchup. I think your team's in a really good spot. Uh, last week, they obviously underperformed a little bit. But some of those trades that you made really helped out your lineup. Um, and I have to go with with yourself. Again, you made a trade to bring in a, a decent tight end, Hayden Hurst, who has been a really good tight end so far this year. He's been reliable. He's a number 11 tight end. He, uh, he only dropped less than seven points once this year, uh, and that was against the Jets. Uh, he only had like two targets. But other than that, I mean, he's – He's having himself some pretty decent games, and he's a really good uh, kind of a really good play for this upcoming week. So I'm taking you in this matchup. Yeah, I uh, I think I'd be stupid to not you know to, to just bet against myself. So I took myself. Um, I, I think it's going to be good. Um, I, I took that trade um, with Goff, which obviously puts me down because he's on buy. Um, but I figured if there was a good because if there wasn't a buy, I don't really think Nate really pulls that type of trigger. So yeah. um, I knew I, I, if there was a matchup, I can afford to take a, a little bit. It was last week or like this week. So mm-hmm. yeah, cause, you know, you start to go up the the guys that are like nine and one or eight and two. I mean, yeah, those are it's tough gonna get tougher. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to rebuild now. I've been on myself to uh, squeeze this one. Yeah, and I agree. I think Mike is just having a the lows of the lows this week uh, in terms of his lineup. Um, 
He's only projected 120. Uh, his quarterback situation isn't great. His running back situation isn't great. I mean, he's playing two guys that are in a uh, um, a committee backfield with A.J. Dillon and Tony Pollard. Um, so those guys are really big boom or bust. You know, he has Josh Jacobs out. He has Damian Pierce out, Devontae Adams out. So, yeah, yeah it's just a rough week for him. needs Jacobs. That's a really good core part of yeah. his running back team. Yeah, I mean, RB4, surprisingly, RB4. I didn't expect him to be doing this well. So Trust me, I, yeah. I didn't either. Yeah, so. Alrighty, so we both got you on this one. Going to our next one, we have the voice of the voiceless, Sean C. versus Razor Ramon with Kevin. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and lead us off here. I think this is one of our other really fun matchups. Again, two teams that are kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum in terms of, you know, slow start and a pretty decent start. Um, but I'm actually going to go with Kevin. I, I like his team uh, coming into the week. His quarterback situation is pretty solid. He's got Kyler Murray, who's QB5, a quiet QB5. I feel like he hasn't really done much to really flash around, uh, but Kyler Murray's actually been playing some pretty decent fantasy football. Um, you know, Miles Sanders has done his thing all year. He's got Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, uh, Lockett, and Zach Ertz, guys that I love. And he's even as Taysom Hill in his flex position. Just a little bit of a surprise. He's got a couple other guys that he could have thrown in there. Um, but again, looking at the rest of his lineup for guys that he could have thrown in there, I think Taysom Hill has the highest ceiling uh, of those guys available. So, yeah, I, th- I think I like Kevin coming into this week. What do you got? I, uh, I, t- I took Sean here. Um, kind of bouncing off like, uh, like he's got Murray. But, I mean, Sean's got, you know, Hurts. Uh, really, the only person I really don't like that he's starting is uh, is it uh, Devin Singletary? Yeah. But I mean, I think everybody else on his team is going to be pretty lights out. Um, so I, I know it's going to be close, but I, I have Sean squeezing this one out. Okay, solid. Yeah, I respect it. I respect it. All right, going into our next matchup, we got another Sean here. The excellence of execution, Sean B versus Ric Flair Drip and Jake. Uh, who do you have for this one? For this one, I took um, I took Sean B. Yeah. I just think his team is pretty elite right now, and I think Jake made some good moves um, with his and I trade, where mm-hmm. you know he was also an upgrade as well. So I, I think he's up there, um, but. I just I, – I think Sean's just heating, man. I think he's he's heating. Yeah. I, uh, I I have to agree here. I think Sean's team is hot right now and just at the right time because um, he's kind of – he's going through a little bit of a gauntlet of his own over the past few weeks. Um, so for him to pull off some of those victories is really impressive, but I have to ride his team again here. You know, I uh, made fun of his uh, – his record early in the season just because he had a little bit of a softer schedule, but he definitely came out of proof it over the past couple of weeks. And I, I just think his team's going to continue to do that. Um, you know, there's a couple guys in his lineup that, you know, a little bit questionable, uh, but they usually come out and perform pretty decent anyways. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how Zach Wilson does. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, we'll see. He's been a little bit better of a target for, for Rodgers. So um, we'll see how they perform. But I, I think Sean has got this one this week as well. All righty, and going into our final matchup for the week, we have Macho Man Randy Savage, Nick, versus the Ultimate Warrior Scott. Again, you mentioned earlier this was your top matchup of the week, um, and I kind of have to echo that. You know, I picked a different matchup, but again, this is a really fun and interesting matchup. Two of the big dogs kind of fighting it out. 
Um, and I like some of the moves that Nick has made. Um, his team is actually looking really good. He brought in Lamar Jackson, um, QB number two, and he's got another QB, QB number four, and Patrick Mahomes. You know, the rare uh, top five QB combo on a team is, is really impressive. And when those guys are on, they're on. So they can easily make up for some of those point differences that either Ezekiel Elliott might not pull up, um, put up, or, Gar- or Kareem Hunt. So, yeah, I have to go with Nick this upcoming week. You know, while Scott's team is pretty decent, he's kind of been falling down over the past couple of weeks. His team hasn't been performing as well as they should have, uh, while Nick, on the other hand, has been doing pretty solid. So, got to go with Nick. Yeah, I, um, I, t- I took Nick here uh, as well. I think uh, it, this, like, I would not be surprised. I look at the scoreboard at the end of the week and Nick wins by – Point, you know, point five. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Nick built himself up pretty well um, to where he's going to win this one over. Maybe not by a large amount, because uh, I, I do think this is the shootout of the week. Yeah. Um, but I think Nick's um, pretty well equipped um, to do that. I just, I know it's not going to happen, but both of them losing to the median would be awesome too. But <laughs> yeah, that would, uh, that'd be really interesting. Uh, to see if they both did lose to them. I mean, if you look at their lineups, it's really, you know, co- going down from their their wide receiver one all the way down, it's pretty comparable. You know, you have Michael Pittman to A.J. Brown, T. Higgins to Gabriel Davis, uh, Everett to Smith, Kareem Hunt to Drake London, Garrett Wilson to James Robinson. Um, and it's really, it would be kind of flopped. Kareem Hunt, James Robinson, and Garrett Wilson and Drake London. So they both have a, a pretty similar structure. Uh, to their teams in terms of you know that construct, so uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be a fun one again. Like you said, I think it'll be really fun. You know, them hitting under league median would be tremendous for some of us, um, but I just don't see that happening. I mean, neither. I I do think like they need like the guys that are meant to produce need to produce in this week. Um, yeah, like Gabe Davis, he boomed. I I think like and that's going to be really important if. Scott wants to win. I think he's going to, you know, hope that that's the real thing. Yeah. I'm, I mean, three catches for 171 yards. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, yeah. It's an that's, outlier for sure. Yeah. That's definitely not something that you're, you're going to expect on a week to week basis uh, from a guy like that. But we'll see. I mean, he's getting the targets weekly. He's getting like five, six targets every week. So he's getting the opportunities. It's just whether he's capitalizing like he did last week. So, but yeah. All righty, going on to our trade recap, just doing some initial thoughts on some of these trades. We had seven total trades last week. Again, kind of keeping up that uh, that weekly total again, uh, which is nice to see people trading. So starting off at the very top, we have the excellence of execution, Sean B. He acquires Cordero Patterson, Josh Reynolds, Caleb Huntley, Tyler Algier, and Kirk Cousins. And the voice of the voiceless acquires Curtis Samuel, Marvin Jones Jr., and Matt Staff. What are your initial thoughts on that trade? I mean, if you know me well enough, you know I'm a Kirk Cousins type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly don't really know about the whole um, Cordell Patterson injury situation. Like, yeah. if if he's coming back, like, you know, in a week or two, um, I, I think that will pay some dividend. Um, I can't tell if Curtis Samuel is a fluke or not. Um, I mean, Marvin Jones – all you know, those wide receivers Christian Kirk. There. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff in, in the air with this trade that 
I think it's one of those, like, you kind of have to wait and see. Um, yeah. I solely, I think, would rather have um, Kirk Cousins right now. Matt Stafford's just not playing um, how I thought he would be. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a good trade for both sides still. Yeah, I think it's a need for a need. I, I, I'll, I'll kind of list what I like about both sides, and then I'll kind of let you know kind of what I'm thinking overall. So for Sean B's side, uh, I love the, him bringing in Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson. Again, Patterson's injury is a little bit of a question mark, but with bringing in Algier, that kind of fixes that question mark a little bit. Um, you know, Algier is going to be the go-to guy there. That's just how it is. And then again, Kirk Cousins has been performing better than Matt Stafford. I expected Matt Stafford to be doing better, but he's just not. Um, it looks like they're uh, they're missing Odell a little bit in that wide receiver core. They just don't have a, a playmaker outside of Cooper Cup that can really do something for them. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of what I like on that side. On the other side, I love Curtis Samuel. I think every wide receiver in the Washington system right now is doing well. Um, even, like, McLaurin is their best wide receiver, but in terms of fantasy, he's not doing too much. Like, he's sitting at 31 right now. Overall, um, he's had himself decent weeks. Like, he scored over 10 points every week except for the week against Dallas, which he had a tough cornerback matchup that week. But, yeah, um, I think all the wide receivers in Washington are, are going to eat. Marvin Jones, eh, I don't like him too much. Uh, and then, again, Matt Stafford, like I mentioned before, I expected him to be doing a little better. So I like Sean's side of this trade a little bit more, uh, kind of for the reasons that you stated and a little bit more. Uh, but I understand the move by Sean C., uh, to want to move some of those guys and bring in Curtis Samuel. So, yeah. All righty. Going into our next one. This one's kind of the, the bigger trade of the week, I will say. Uh, we have Batista Khan and Damon acquires Joe Burrow, DJ Moore, and Clyde Edward Dallaire. Uh, and Macho Man Randy Savage acquires Lamar Jackson, Jahan Dotson, and Ezekiel Elliott. Personally, I think this was a really solid trade on both sides. I think, uh, Nick capitalized on Damon's situation, which I feel like most of us would have tried to or were trying to. Um, but he actually gave him some good quality back, especially at the quarterback position. I don't think he's losing too much. Obviously, Lamar has been killing it, but Joe Burrow is a pretty good substitution for that. Uh, DJ Moore is really the only guy that I had question marks about. I just I, I don't love him this year. Um, with uh, Baker Mayfield, he just finds a way to kill wide receivers. He's been doing okay. He's got 10 points, so it's not anything crazy. Uh, like on a week-to-week basis, he's been averaging, I think, 9.3. Um, and then Clyde for Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I like the Clyde side of that one a little bit more. Uh, I like the Jahan Dotson side a little bit more on Nick's side. And then the quarterbacks, obviously, I like them more. So I think, obviously, Nick won this trade. Um, but he did a really good job of capitalizing uh, on Damon's situation. What's your, uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I thought this was a, a really good trade um, for both sides. Like, Damon definitely needed to pretty much do something. Um, I would be a tad scared to, like, I didn't really think CEH was going to go off like he has in some games. But, um, mm-hmm. like, he's really solidified himself. Um, and Lamar, I mean, he's, he's going to... You know, 30 points like he's insane but paying for that upgrade to downgrade at rb um i don't think zeke is it um if 
N- knowing Nick, I'm sure he has uh, another plan um, yeah. in place for that. Um, but uh, off the rip, um, I, I do like Damon getting Joe Burrow and CEH yeah. as I think that's a pretty good gain there for him. He's got to give up Lamar, but he really got some heat back. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, like D- I just stated for the reasons before. DJ Moore is kind of like a, a hit or a miss for me. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, look at his quarterback. I mean, I mean, it's just. Yeah, it, it could I had a pay. feeling I it was going to happen. I, I had a feeling. You know, I kept DJ Moore in our keeper league. I have him in another league, and somebody tried to trade me him in in one of my dynasty leagues, and I just couldn't pull the trigger on it. So, at one, I already have enough shares of him, and two, uh, Baker Mayfield finds a way to ruin good wide receivers. And I said, I just don't know if I want to take on that risk. And, and that's kind of how it's been. Like, he hasn't done horrible. He's averaging like 10 points a game or so. But uh, it's just not what you expect from a guy like DJ Moore when you know that he can do more than that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I hope for Damon that he definitely pops. But, yeah. like, I definitely, like, if I'm um, Nick, like, I don't mind putting in DJ Moore there to get um, – Lamar Jackson, like that's. I agree. If you don't I mean, do not that, only just like, that, he I would got do Jahan that twice. Dotson as well. Yeah, like he. Yeah. yeah. Good trade. Yeah, I think it's a really solid trade on both sides. I think Jahan is what really puts it over the top for me. Again, I'm a really big fan of almost all of the Washington wide receivers, um, and I think Jahan just puts it over the top for me just a little bit because he got just that that little extra value. Like a guy like Jahan, you just throw him in there for a trade just to get a little bit more depth in the trade. Um, but again, he's one of those guys that can really do some good for you in the long run. So, yeah. All right. Next one involving myself. I acquire Daryl Henderson Jr. And uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Nick acquires uh, Michael Carter. Um, since this was my trade, I'll let you kind of lead off with your initial thoughts on it. And I'll kind of give uh, my thoughts after. Yeah. To, to be honest, I uh, kind of want to know – kind of interested to see like how this played out for you guys like if you initially like wanted Daryl Henderson and already had Carter to give away in mind because while I like both players I think I like Carter just a a tad bit more because I just don't know like with um because you have acres too right yeah 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 so like I see why that makes sense but like I feel like I would try to get, like, like try to trade Daryl Henderson in Acres. I just like mm-hmm. if you know me, like I know they can pay pretty good, but like split backfields are just so hard sometimes. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, it was something that I reached out to him about, and I honestly, I, I was looking through and I saw Cam Acres and on my lineup, and I had a few people actually reach out to me about Cam Acres, and he's a guy that. While I paid a little bit of a premium for him, I still want to hold on to him because I think he has a chance of actually doing something. But, you know, there's always that that uh, that thought of injury that comes along with a player like Cam Akers who's been injured in the past. Um, so, yeah, I just I, – I wasn't 100% certain on Akers staying healthy full time. So I just figured, you know, let me go out and get Daryl Henderson just to be safe. And then if, you know, if there's any trade opportunities that come along in the future or whatever, you know, I have both of the the guys in the backfield 
to be able to move if need be. Because um, while Michael Carter is a really good play and he actually had a really good week last week, um, and this was post-trade, obviously, um, there are some moves that I kind of want to make with some of my running backs in my backfield. And Michael Carter just really wasn't doing much for me. So I figured, you know, I'll send Michael Carter along. I'll pick up Daryl Henderson on my end and just swap backups pretty much. So Yeah, I definitely think if like one of those guys go down, they kind of pretty much, you know, they become that yeah. that bell. They they become that workhorse. Yeah. So that was just kind of my thought behind it. Again, I have – unfortunately, I have two backfields here that are split backfields on my team uh, with the Washington running backs and then these guys. So just trying to bring them in, make sure that I have my bases covered here, and then, you know, eventually try to make some moves with these guys if I can. So, but yeah, it's pretty much it. All righty. Going into the next trade, it involves yourself. Uh, we kind of touched base on this a little earlier, but go and talk about it some more. The Texas Rattlesnake and Nate acquires Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and Naked Wrestling yourself acquires Jared Goff. Um, since this was your trade, I'll just kind of give my initial thoughts. <laughs> Again, I think this was a need for a need in slight of an upgrade, and an upgrade for you. I think it was, you know, capitalizing on the opportunity that Jared Goff has been playing really well. He had one down week. He's going into a bye week. You don't necessarily – there were other options available on the waiver market that allowed you to make this move, and you had a matchup this week that allowed you to make the move as well. Um, so, again, I think it's a really good smart move by both of you. You're picking up a better quarterback, you know, while down on a on a bye week on a soft matchup versus Nate, who's picking up Trevor Lawrence, who's in a matchup that he needs to win this week with myself. Um, so, yeah. I, again, I like the trade on both sides here. It's a smart trade. Um, so yeah, did you did you reach out to him? Did he reach out to you? I'm guessing he reached out to you because he was kind of doing his uh, his trade gauntlet there for a second. So yeah, I, I mean, um, I, I was busy at work, and I just remember looking at my phone, and I just saw a text from Nate. Um, that said he sent me an offer and I looked at it and then, um, I mean, that was pretty much it. I was kind of like, I had a question mark at first. Cause I was like, I didn't even, you know, I forgot like buys were completely coming. So, um, but then I saw it and I was like, it makes sense. You know, I take a little bit of a hit this week. Um, hopefully regain some of that value. And like, we talked, like, I feel like both of them are, like we'd give golf a, a, a tiny bit of the edge, but like, you know, you can't be surprised if T-Law connects with Christian Kirk and is a, you know, top 10 quarterback that week. So, you know, we figured, uh, you know, worked pretty well for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Just makes sense. Again, it's a smart trade for both of you guys. So, yeah. All right. We're going to go ahead and move on to the Texas Rattlesnake again. Uh, he acquires Julio Jones and Russell Wilson. And Mike, it does not matter, acquires Teddy Bridgewater and Tua Tungavailoa. Um, some unfortunate news for Mike, as T Teddy Bridgewater is likely not going to play this upcoming week. Um, I, I get the investment for the future. Totally makes sense. Um, you know, Mike's not in a position where he necessarily needs to win. He's kind of in the middle of the pack right there. So I guess he's able to kind of take this luxury here um, and bring in Teddy Bridgewater and Tua just in case. Um, and again, Nate capitalizing on situations and bringing in Russell Wilson and Julio Jones. Julio, eh, he hasn't played all year. He hasn't really done anything. So we'll see if he's even relevant. And then Russell Wilson, who 
in terms of fantasy production, real life football, he sucks. But in fantasy production, he's like at number like 13 or 14 uh, quarterback on the year. So he's right in the middle of the pack. So he's giving you some kind of performance. Um, so again, smart move by Nate, uh, capitalizing on kind of that situation and rolling it out. So. Yeah, I, um, I I thought this was actually like one of the more riskier trades. I, I know it's like like kind of like medium size, like not too crazy, but mm-hmm. uh, they both got some good back. But I feel like there's just a lot of risk, right? Like Julio, I mean, he's 33. Maybe he'll do some, maybe he won't, but. Uh, everything evolving uh, around Russell Wilson. I think everybody had him a little bit higher, you know, obviously than where he's at now, now, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, and then I think the same with Tua, um, like the guys just getting hurt so much. Like it's, and, and like I said, like he, he has in college too. I, when he plays, he's, he's amazing. But I think just like this year right now for both quarterbacks, it just has not gone to plan. Um, I think it was a, a need basis. So like really good trade for both of them. I think, you know, hopefully it works out. I just think this is one that will kind of shake through later. Um, but I give it to Mike cause Tua stays on that field. That's, that's pretty dangerous. Yeah. I, again, Tua is a great, great opportunity. He's a great guy. I think he's going to do, and he has done really well so far this year. Um, I just, I think there's more question marks in that Dolphins lineup for me with the quarterbacks than there is anything else. Like while two is still an available option, um, you know, there's still a lot of those question marks on whether when he'll return, if he's okay to return, like what they plan on doing with him. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I like I like Russell Wilson, but the only thing with Russell Wilson that I will say is that he just got shoulder surgery on his throwing shoulder, so. Again, I do agree with the risk factor here. There's a lot of like risk everywhere. Like it's hard to not like Russell Wilson. Like you see Russell yeah. Wilson in your trade box, like you kind of like are excited almost. Yeah. Like, but he just like hasn't performed to that level. But like if he comes with that bounce back, like that, that'll be that'll be crazy. Like that, yeah. that's what Nate needs. Like if Russell Wilson yep. can bounce back heavily, you know, that'll be real good. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I've gotten out of DK when I made that trade. He started off real slow. He had like six and seven points his first two weeks. Nothing crazy, and I was hoping on a bounce back. You know, like I was hoping that it was just a slow start to the season. He'll build it back up and kind of work his way out of it, and he has. I mean, he's dropped 17, 21, and 17 over the past three weeks. So I think that's what Nate is hoping for. I think he's hoping for something very similar, you know, these guys to kind of get back into a rotation, Russell Wilson get that connection with his wide receivers a little bit more because he's had opportunity to get significantly more points than he's gotten in terms of fantasy. He's had wide receivers open. He's done a lot of things that he needs to clean up. Um, so I do think that Russell will turn it around. I mean, it's Russell Wilson. I don't, I wouldn't say he's a system quarterback by any means. I think he's proven that he's not really a system quarterback. Like a lot of the things that he used to do in the past are, you know, scrambling things that, you know, he did to improvise. Um, so, I think he just kind of needs to get his head back in the game and, and settle in. And I, I think Nate should be able to get that out of him um, for the rest of the year. So I agree. Yeah. All right. Going to our second to last trade. This one's a quick one. Uh, the excellence of execution. Sean B acquires Devin Duvernay and naked wrestling 
yourself acquires Hayden Hurst. Uh, again, I think this is just a need for a need at this point. You need a tight end um, just to help you out for this upcoming week. So any, uh, any further thoughts on that? No, it was really a, a need for a need, and it was a yeah. pretty quick um, negotiation um, just to add to you know his depth and mm-hmm. give him a flex play um, that could boom or bust. I mean, that's Devin Duvernay. And then Hayden Hurst, who, honestly, I'm just hoping to get 10 points out of. So, I mean, yeah. there was none too much on it. Yeah, I will say I'm uh, I'm a little upset at Sean B. He reached out. We were talking back and forth about Hayden Hurst for a little bit. And uh, some time went by, and I sent him a message back. I sent him an offer, kind of like a loan deal. Hey, you get an upgrade for this week. I get a tight end for this week and then next week swap back, whatever. Um, kind of work on something along those lines. He didn't see my messages. He makes the trade. I send him a message back with a sad face. And then he messages me back and tells me my bad. I didn't see any of your messages. I was like, oh, no. It was pretty sad. It's pretty upset because I wanted Hayden. But uh, again, I think it's a good move for you. Well, I think after this piece. week, man, he'll be, he'll be open. Yeah. I'll have my tight ends back by then. So I mean, you could have two. <laughs> hey, Noah Fan's got a good matchup this week, so hopefully they capitalize on it and he does okay. So I'm not too mad about it. Noah Fan's a pretty decent tight end over there in Seattle. So Godspeed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, and then going into our final trade of this past week, we have the Texas Rattlesnake acquires Alvin Kamara and Marquise Brown. And then Macho Man Randy Savage acquires Derrick Henry, T. Higgins, and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I think for the immediate return uh, for this upcoming week, I like Nate's return. Uh, he needs a wide receiver and a, and a running back who are going to perform well. Um, and hopefully Alvin Kamara kind of bounces back a little bit more and, and is a little bit more consistent. On the other end, Nick's team is a scary team uh, for the remainder of the year. Uh, you kind of look at his team after this trade and – just started off from the top. You've got Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Then you have Brees Hall. Uh, you Then you'll have Derrick Henry, his wide receivers. He'll have Pittman, Higgins at his tight end position. I believe he's kind of stuck with Gerald Everett, who's been doing really well. And then at his flex positions, he's got a couple other guys that he can kind of throw in there with Jahan Dotson, Brandon Ayu, Garrett Wilson, Kareem Hunt. So, yeah, this team over the long haul – Makes team makes next team pretty solid down the line. Uh, we'll just kind of see how he plays out with these uh, with these bye weeks. But I like Nick's side of the trade here a little bit more. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I thought this was a a really good trade too. Mm-hmm. Um, for Nate, kind of gives him, uh, you know, he he acquired a good bit, especially with Marquise yeah. Brown. Um, a little bit scared if like DeAndre comes back and you know hog some targets. Um, but um, I I, I thought it was I thought it was really good. I, I Derek Henry, T Higgins. I think T Higgins got a question mark too. Um, Ayuk. I mean, kind of just a, a throw in the air for me. I think he started off the year really well, um, and I think he's just like, like you said earlier, kind of just a plug and play flex um, that he can choose. Mm-hmm. Um, Alvin Kamara, I think's gonna for. Nate to give up Derrick Henry. Um, I, I think Alvin Kamara is going to – I know he 
popped off last week, but he's gonna he's gonna have to kind of keep that consistency, um, at least yeah. from what, where he started in the season to kind of get that valuable return. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree here. I think uh, while it's Alvin Kamara, there's there's a lot that you're giving up with Derrick Henry, and this is something that I extremely regret. Earlier in the year, I put JT on the block, and he offered me Derrick Henry and another piece of his team, and I never got back to him. And now, look, JT has missed like two weeks, and Derrick Henry has been killing it. So, yeah, I just can't catch a break. I think it was just that 1.1 value with JT that I just couldn't give up, um, which I should have at the time. But, yeah, I think uh, Alvin Kamara is going to have to consistently keep performing really well uh, and not missing any games for this trade to work in in Nate's favor. Uh, If not, I think think Nick got rid of the risk and just brought in something that's going to help him in the long run. So Yeah, he got the the foreshore, you know. Yeah deal with Derrick Henry like I think I would um at the end of this trade just slightly take uh Nick here specifically because I just value Henry mm-hmm. I think a lot more than Kamara and like I said Brown I think like great but I just like I said just risk yeah I agree agreed all right so that wraps up our trades for the week again a lot of uh bi-week needy trades uh, that happened this past week. I think that'll continue to happen uh, for most of the remainder of the year until things kind of get settled down a little bit more. But again, no no trades this past week that I was just like, wow, like what a steal. Like all of them were really smart on both ends of the spectrum. And I think both teams kind of got what they needed for the week and didn't lose too much uh, in terms of like their, their team construct. So yeah, completely yeah. agree. But yeah. All righty. That concludes our trading segment. We'll go ahead into our final segment for our Around the League, our fantasy over-under. Uh, the guests are stomping me out right now. I'm 6-8. and eight. Guests are 10-4. and four. This is why I don't bet, because um, I'm not very good at it. So we'll go ahead and kind of scroll down here, go over last week's, and then jump into this, this upcoming week's over-under. So we had Naeem Hines versus the Broncos at an over-under of 13. Uh, myself, uh, and the guests both took the under. Uh, the actual was 1.8. Obviously, Hines, if you watch the game, was not looking good. Uh, he's in concussion protocol, stood up wobbly early in the game, so he didn't really play too much. Next one, we've got Kenny Pickett versus the Bills with an over-under of 10. I took the under. Nate took the over. Uh, he actually scored 12.08. He actually threw for like 350 yards or something crazy. So uh, he had himself a pretty decent game. Didn't have a lot of help around him uh, to actually be able to sustain anything, but still got 12 points, so not bad. And then our final one, uh, this one kind of broke my heart a little bit, Tom Brady over under. Uh, I had him over 20, so did Nate. He actually ended up scoring 19.74, so almost there. Um, but, yeah, again, that puts us right now at 6-8 and eight with myself, and guests are sitting at 10-4 and four after last week. So we'll go ahead and jump to this week's. The very top, we have Leonard Fournette, a guy who's been turning it around. He's been doing really well. Fantasy over under for him of twenty points. What do you got? I, I took the over. I think uh, kind of he's going to need a, a TD here, but I don't really think the the Steelers are stopping too much. Yeah, I agree. I, I have to take the over. I know that uh, TJ might be coming back one next week. Uh, 
So, you know, if he was playing this week, I, I probably would choose the under. It's kind of crazy to think that one player can make that difference, but they can. Um, but, yeah, I got to take the over this week. I don't think that Steelers defensive line is uh, doing too much uh, without TJ. So, yeah. All right, going to our next one, we have George Kittle versus the Falcons with an over-under of 14. Kittle hasn't really been doing too well this year, um, but I think this week he'll, he'll kind of get back into the groove with Jamie G. So I'm actually going to take the over here. I think he will get over 14 points this week. What do you got? Uh, close, I, I think like 10 maybe, but I, I have him under. I, I don't think he'll okay. get to 14. No, I just think he'll get a – like, you know, his receptions, but I just don't think they're going to be in the gains that we're hoping. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I respect it. I respect it. You know, I think out of anything is like the Falcons aren't the greatest team in the world. Um, so I think this will be an ugly versus ugly matchup. So there's a chance he gets a little something going. But uh, plus they just traded Deion Jones, which probably would have been the only linebacker that could have matched up with him man to man. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I do agree, though. At least 10 points minimum. Uh, from him this week, I think is what we could expect. All right, and then going to the next one, Mr. Consistent here, uh, and Daniel Jones uh, versus the, I think, 31st overall defense of the Ravens. Uh, I've got him at an over-under of 18. I think he's only dropped over 20 points twice this year. Um, But I think this matchup is probably one of the better matchups for him defensively. So I think I'm going to take the over on this one. How about you? I, too – took the over and I hope this over just completely hammers um, <laughs> Raven secondary is just not that great. Um, and so I think that really gives uh, Daniel Jones a even a better matchup there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that it's also not going to be like a, a Barkley game. I think uh, with the Ravens potent offense as well, um, you know, they're going to have to, air out this ball a lot. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the, the Ravens not having Wink Martindale there anymore is hurting them pretty significantly as their D coordinator. Obviously, he's with the Giants now. So, um, yeah, they're dead. their secondary is not very good. And they haven't had many changes from last year. Obviously, I think Humphreys got hurt. Um, so that hurts a little bit. But still, their defense is pretty, con- pretty similar to what it was last year. Uh, they're just not doing very well. Yeah, I forgot you were a, a Giants fan too. So I mean, oh, yeah. when we're watching this game, I mean, you know, this year's different for Daniel Jones. I mean, we might not yeah. be able to tell who's Lamar and who's Daniel Jones by their rushes. Of <laughs> I, agree. I mean, he's uh, he's Daniel had Jones his, is using his, his legs. So yeah, he is. He's had he had an ankle injury a couple of weeks ago, but even last week, I think he had like thirty or forty rushing yards. Like he, I mean, he he still did a little something with his legs. So. Whenever his, his ankle is doing really well, I mean, he the one week he had, like, the same exact stat line as Lamar. He had, like, 180, 200 passing yards and 70 rushing yards. I was like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, uh, it's came yeah. in clutch. And I yeah. think if he keeps that up, too, even within this game, uh, hoping, you know, if there's going to be that game, this is the one where he kind of goes ham on it. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a, a really good opportunity for him. Defensive matchup, defensively this week, I think uh, it's probably the best week he has to be able to do something like that. So, yeah. All right. So, just a quick recap: Leonard Fournette, we both hit the over for twenty uh, for George Kittle. I hit the over. You hit the under for fourteen. And then Daniel Jones, we both slam the over 
uh, at 18 versus uh, the Ravens. So that is pretty much all I had. That's all we had planned for this upcoming week. Uh, JC, you got anything that you want to mention to anyone or give any shout outs or just say anything at all? No. Um, appreciate you having me on the podcast. I mean, yeah. I'm in like three, four leagues every year and this is definitely by far my favorite league, whether I'm at the yeah. bottom or I'm at the top. And I mean, everybody's just fun to uh, play around with and chat. Mm-hmm. Um, still haven't negotiated with like two or three people. You know who you are. Hit my line. We need hey, to it talk. ain't me. We go, we've been talking. We've been having some constructive conversations. I literally so probably have you. like daily conversations about negotiations. And sometimes nothing happens out of it, right? But it gives me joy to talk football. So even if you just want to, you know, throw some out, you know, don't got to be negotiation. We could just piddle paddle with it and see where it goes. I agree. You know, I throw some egregious trades out there just to get some reaction sometimes. And hey, just shoot me me a message back. You know what I mean? It doesn't hurt. So exactly. uh, But yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, but yeah, again, I appreciate you hopping on. Uh, I know we both had a pretty busy week coming up to this week, and you kind of had to stay a little later at work this, today. So I appreciate you hopping on and taking the time to actually record with me today. Um, again, I, I'm pretty excited to post this one out this week. Uh, it'll be a fun week for fantasy football. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for you again. Thank you. We'll catch you guys next week. And peace out.